I'm still without words, to be honest with you. Still struggling. Trusted. I trusted God with the past. Trust. I'm trusting him right now, today, in the present. Today's message. will trust. I will trust God with the future. My good buddy and colleague whose initials are Dina Fields (laughs) said, I think saying I will trust God is the hardest one of all. The hardest one. And that's why it has been our hope that in this three-week message series that we would help build your faith for whatever you're facing, big Little, it doesn't matter. For whatever you're facing, to give you the confidence to take the next step. Now, I'm not going to bring the passage up yet, but we've been camped out in Hebrews 13.8 because everything we're talking about depends on the trustworthiness of God. Does anybody remember the verse that we have been working on together for the last two Sundays? Anyone? Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> I know Emmy knows it. What is it, Emmy? Starting to come back, right? Let's bring it up because we want this, these very words from the Lord to move from here to here, your head to your heart. Did you know that it's the longest distance in the world, those 12 inches? And for us to say it together and claim it together and camp in it will help us make that move, won't it? So let's say the verse number, then read what God is saying, and then say the verse again. We're going to do it together. You ready? All right. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Well, this is why I need a volunteer this morning. Nothing. (laughs) Sam? All right. I love it. That was a shaky yes. But I want you to come up here for just a minute. Yes. Thank you, Sam. Sam, I want to ask you something, my friend. Okay. Have you trusted me in the past? Do you trust me right now? I'm impressed. Do you trust me for the next few minutes of your future? I hope. I do. <laughs> because I want to take you on a trust walk. All right. All right? Now, I found the cheater proof. Okay. Fitz told me that the bandana I started with was just it's too easy to cheat. So I'm putting this on you, and you're going to help me. Okay, it's acting so weird. If you'll hold that. Uh, Yeah, okay. Thank you. (laughs) All right. While he's tying that on, everybody online, we're going to be moving around a little bit. So if we lose you, we're going somewhere. Can you see it all? No. Okay. I'm going to turn you and turn you and turn you, turn you. Okay, you ready? We're going to go this way. Do you trust me still? Kind of, but not really. Okay, we're going to go this way, and then over this way. You're smiling. I can't believe it. 
Trust and then whoa, whoa, whoa. And then we're gonna go over this way. <laughs> Do you have any idea where you are? No, in front of vents. No, close. But you know what? I'm gonna leave you blindfolded for just a second. Perfect. It is really awkward and unnerving to take the next step in a trust walk. Just ask Sam. Right, Sam? But you know what? Everyone in this room is being compelled by God to take a next step in faith. And many of those next steps are going to require complete trust in God. Thank God, not in Kathy Connor. You can take your blindfold off and receive the applause of your peers. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. You know, First Prez has been on a five-year trust walk. Think about what you just saw. It was as if we were blindfolded. We've been on a five-year trust walk, and you've heard us talk about this guy named Noah who knocked on our door. And remember what we told you about him? He lives on a boat. He happens to be a good Jewish boy. He knocks on our door as a developer and says, will you sell us your portion of the block? And we immediately brought it to the whole church and said, start praying and asking God, is this you, God, or not? And I'm here to tell you, God didn't leave us wondering. God gave us our very next step through his word in Scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, if you are taking a next step in faith, Naomi has her Bible with her. Friends, this is what you need. If you want to take that next step in faith, you don't have to wring your hands and wander around. And It's here, I'm telling you. Because watch how our story unfolds in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at this together. By faith, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. These words became very real to us because this is our first prez story. As with Abraham, when God called him to walk in faith, in fact, to go on a big trust walk, a really big one, God called us as a church to walk in faith as well. And if you are new to First Press, you're going to think that we have completely lost it. Because like Abraham, we too obeyed and went, even though we did not know where we were going. Do you remember that? We didn't know. And like Abraham, we too lived in tents, in temporary spaces. Because when we left downtown, 
we just walked away and thought, okay, I guess we need to find some place to worship. So we started worshiping at Wrights Gourmet, and then we worshiped in another tent called Plant High School, and then we found another tent called Palmasia Country Club, and yet another tent, thank you Tampa Prep for Easter there. And like Abraham, we too looked forward to the place on Horatio Street, whose architect and whose builder is God. Make no mistake about it. Did you know that we looked at 31 properties and that our trust walk with God became a prayer walk as we narrowed down to four possible locations for our future church home, this being one of them? Many of you, including children and teenagers and other adults that even aren't here this morning, joined us on over 25 prayer walks where we walked on those final four properties, walking, praying with the same question every time. Is this it, Lord? Is this the land that you have for us? It became very clear that this was not going to be just a real estate transaction, a real estate journey, but that God was leading us on a spiritual journey. And our job then is the same job we have now. You know what it is? Obey God and trust him with the future. What happened next was absolutely extraordinary. With no property yet purchased, with no architectural renderings yet drawn, First Prez just broke out in cheerful givers that continues to this day. Cheerful giving showed up in over 60 men and women that gave the gift of their time and their talent to serve on 12 different teams that were vital from the prayer team to the property search team to the design team that is still ongoing. Unbelievable. Cheerful giving keeps showing up in the form of construction workers who work overtime on Saturdays with a song in their heart. If you drive by on any Saturday, you're going to not only see them working, you're going to hear them working singing at the top of their lungs, which is why we love to bring them pizza and brownies and anything we can to thank them. Cheerful givers also showed up in what felt like an explosion of extravagant financial generosity. And that hasn't stopped. You are some of the most generous people I have ever ever met. And you are demonstrating that the cheerful giving of your time, of your talent, of your financial resources doesn't happen unless you trust God with the future. Well, you know what? I have a front row seat to one of the most cheerful givers I've ever known. I am so grateful to be married to Fitz, someone who lives with joy and fulfillment 
not by getting, but by giving. And I mean giving money. You can't stop the man. <laughs> and you know what? I am fully convinced because as I'm watching Fitz and as I'm watching you and as I'm listening to the Apostle Paul, I'm starting to get it, that it is God's desire for us to be cheerful givers. Look how Paul describes it in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every or all the good work. God loves a cheerful giver. That is a bold statement. Paul is suggesting that God is somehow particularly thrilled when we, made in his image, delight in giving. And why is that? Because we are mirroring God himself. God loves a cheerful giver because God is a cheerful giver. Scripture tells us that but for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross for you and me. Did you catch that? Joy and cross for us? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, Paul says it this way. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. What is this indescribable gift? It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish or die but have eternal life. Oh, God is indeed a cheerful giver, is he not? Now, it is important to understand whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're considering following Jesus, that our generosity doesn't come from within us. It doesn't start with us. It doesn't happen because I wake up and decide, you know, I'm going to get really disciplined about this. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be generous. No. The kind of generosity and cheerful giving that I'm talking about is in response to a God who has already given you everything. God went first. God loved first. God gave first. And our response is to, in gratitude, give back. Now, scholars will agree that this second letter to the Corinthians was intended to be this huge letter of encouragement from Paul to them. 
But at that time, the church was in a great deal of upheaval. The Corinthian believers were struggling mightily with each other, with Paul. They weren't really big on him in that moment. They were a little bit sideways with him. And so you, can you imagine as he's saying these words, they're, they're thinking, really, Paul? You're going to encourage us by talking to us about cheerful giving? Because Paul knew that the believers in Corinth had made a promise. They made a promise to Christians struggling in Jerusalem. They were in deep poverty, and their promise was that they were going to send a financial gift to Jerusalem. Well, guess what? The Corinthian church reneged on their promise. In this moment in their walk with God, they were anything but cheerful givers. Their minds and their hearts were somewhere else. Dina Fields called it. It is so hard to trust God with the future. And Paul could see that the Corinthian believers were struggling in the face of their own future. That's why when Paul said, God loves a cheerful giver, do you remember the rest of the sentence? There's more to it. He said, God loves a cheerful giver and God is able. In all things, everywhere, at all times, to provide, to give you the grace you need. Isn't that interesting how he put those two things together to encourage those people? God is able. I want you to soak in that for a minute. God is able. What is the challenge? What are you facing that is practically forcing you to have to trust God with your future? What is it? Because Paul says, God is able. Yeah, but you haven't seen my bank account. Paul says, God is able. Yeah, but I'm, I'm stressed. I've got all this stuff. God is able. Yeah, but I don't see any end in sight. You don't even know how long this has been going on. Paul says, hang on. God is able. God is able. You may not realize this. Whether you are a believer in Jesus or not, you're on a trust walk with God. Paul, during this letter, is not doing well. I'm just being honest with you. Most people don't realize it. When he wrote this second letter to the Corinthians, he was crushed in his spirit. He was despairing, he even said, of his life. I told you already that he was sideways with this church. And yet, he's declaring God is able because he's focused on what Jesus did for him on the cross cheerfully. But the joy set before him, Jesus was a cheerful giver, and Paul was banking on that. Paul was on a trust walk with God. 
a few years ago on a 312-mile bus trip from Dar es Salaam, Tanzania to Iringa, Tanzania, way out in the boonies in Africa, I was on a trust walk with Jesus. I was struggling mightily. I uh, was brokenhearted over a relationship where I experienced betrayal. I was fearful about financial stress. I was really apprehensive about the future. And so that morning of the bus ride, I woke up with a heavy heart, and I cried out to God. And in my time alone with him that morning, God brought forward in the little devotional that I had with me two passages of Scripture. Here they are. The first one comes from 2 Corinthians 9.8, as we've already shared. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And then the second verse that morning from Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Well, I immediately said out loud to God, God, I am wavering, but I'm going to do what you're asking of me. I'm going to hold on tight to your promise. I'm going to hold on to the truth that I can trust you with the future. So 200 miles into this bus trip that seemed to go endlessly, we stopped at a really sketchy one-pump gas station slash African cafe slash snake farm. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. So after lunch, I found my way into the snake farm. And I'm face to face with a black mamba. It's the most venomous snake in Africa. If you get bitten, you're dead before you hit the ground. And I'm thinking, this is so like what's going on in me. And I'm just kind of standing there needing some time alone. And all of a sudden, this woman walks up with two teenagers. And she notices my Young Life shirt. Because this whole bus trip is with Young Life African staff members. So I'm, we're all wearing our shirts, and she said, man, I've seen a lot of those in your group. You know, we just moved to Florida, and we are really hoping that we can find young life for our teenagers. And her teenagers were nodding and smiling, and I said, well, where in Florida did you move to? She said, Brandon. I said, well, my goodness, I live in Tampa and I can give you the contact information right now for Rob Tolley, who will be able to tell you about Young Life in Brandon. And she looked at me and she said, isn't this the most amazing reminder that God is able to provide for us at all times, anywhere, even in the middle of Africa at a snake farm? And then she pressed something into my hand. And because they were calling us to rush back to the bus, I didn't have a chance to even look at it until I sat down. 
And it was this bracelet. And you know what it says? God keeps his promises. I was stunned. God let me experience the confirmation of what he said to me that morning. God is able, she said. And then from Hebrews chapter 10, God keeps his promises. I left there with a skip in my step. Because friends, the God who holds your future holds you, holds me, which is why we're inviting you on a 90-day challenge. It's a giving challenge. It's in your chair. You're probably sitting on it. This, you see this card? Pull it up. You know what this is? A trust walk. This is a trust walk. And I'm going to share with you that last week when Joe Sangle brought this up in his sermon, I got nervous. I don't know about you. Maybe you did too. 90-day giving challenge where you choose to give weekly or monthly for the next 90 days to First Pres. You know why I was nervous? I'm married to a guy who can't wait to give it all away. <laughs> and I just knew when I went home and talked with him that he'd be talking about more. How can we give more? But you know what happened to me next? I got excited. Because you and I are here because we are standing on the shoulders of cheerful givers. I didn't say wealthy givers. I said you and I are standing on the shoulders of cheerful givers. Would you consider allowing the Lord to move your heart and delight God's heart by being a cheerful giver, filling out this card, and there will be people receiving your cards in baskets when you leave? Or take it home and pray about it, but don't put it on the bottom of the stack like I do sometimes. But you know what we also get to do? This is a trust walk, but my favorite trust walk is happening next. Because you and I get to celebrate God's generosity toward us, the architect and the builder who is God. We get to celebrate him by an action in faith so that future generations will know that we're declaring God is trustworthy by going next door onto the construction site and writing our prayers, your name, writing scripture. We'll have sample possible scripture words that you can use or you have your own we will get to do that as a way of demonstrating for your children and your children's children and their children's children forever that God is the same yesterday, today, and how far? How far? Forever. We'll get to demonstrate that we trusted God, we trust him right now, and we will trust him with our future.
I'm so excited, and I'm going to run over there. We have some guides that are going to beat you to it, so they're going out the door right now. They will be there to greet you with permanent markers and everything you need. Children. Yes, here's what's happening with children, so don't get up yet. You can go get your kiddos from Miss Rachel and Little Crew so that they can be a part of this. They can draw a drawing, write their name, make a heart. Someday they're going to be an old little grandmother or granddad telling their little kids, guess what? My name is on that wall or that floor. I wrote a scripture on that stage when I was seven years old. Now I'm 95. That is going to happen. We won't be here, but, but they will be. They will be. And Rachel is actually going to take your children over there. You don't have to go pick them up. You're going to meet them over there. If you want to grab your little littles that are with Miss Charlie, you can do that. Or you can leave them there, and they'll be right there waiting for you in Miss Charlie's arms and care when you finish. How does that sound? Let's applaud God for his generosity. So here we go. Follow me. That was beautiful. Oh my gosh. Rick has the energy. <laughs> 